Welcome to Netfront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon of the Post-Dispatch, joined by Jim Thomas in sunny California. Tom Timmerman's on board as well. And there is a lot to cover, JT. Let's start with the uh, personnel matters at center. We had uh, watched a game last night where Braden Shen exited in the first, after the first period, did not return with an upper body injury. But Ryan O'Reilly's on the comeback trail from COVID, and uh, it's always sunny when uh, Oscar Sunfist is uh, getting himself closer to returning. So a lot going on with just those three as this team prepares to play uh, again on Sunday. Yeah, and, uh, uh, you know, O'Reilly is expected to be in uh, in Anaheim uh, uh, and at least practice with a team. Now, it may be a case like with Saad where, after the uh, 10 days is up where, uh, you know, he needs a couple, three days for uh, uh, practice uh, to get the uh, legs back. Uh, certainly, certainly work for Saad uh, uh, getting a couple days practice. Uh, but, uh, and, and Sunquist is getting close. I mean, uh, uh, contract, contact drills in practice, that's usually the last step. And so uh, we played nine games, you know, it has to be a minimum of 10 games or, and 24 days. So, uh, uh, just in time and, uh, you know, knock, knock wood, uh, nobody else, uh, comes up with a positive, uh, uh COVID test. I, I wouldn't be so confident that either no one has a positive COVID test or no one gets hurt. It's, that's just, it's, it's looking already like that kind of season where, uh, there are going to be bumps and bruises in addition to, uh, the test along the way, though it's been now, what are we at? Uh, you know, we haven't had a positive test for these guys since, uh, but, you know, Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday. So, uh, yeah. So that's different. You know, San Jose, which had a bunch of guys who got it all at once. The Blues have at least spread theirs out. You know, so it's been kind of a staggered uh, time on the COVID list. So they've never had more than three guys uh, on at once. So that's that's been a good balance for them. Well, JT, you mentioned uh, Brandon Saad coming back from the list and uh, – Certainly uh, showing Blues fans what it was all about when they acquired him. He plays in all situations and uh, has been skating, shows the speed. He's been shooting the puck and, uh, and got rewarded. Had a good game in L.A., a busy game, and came back and had a productive game in San Jose. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, his, uh, his, uh, his active game there in L.A., even though the team lost, that got him promoted to the, uh, uh, to the top line and uh, – uh, you know, we're also noticing, and uh, I, I wasn't like totally aware of this. He's a pretty good penalty killer too, and and so he's back getting a a, a regular go round on the uh, PK. But it was it was a good night for the newcomers, which which is kind of what I wrote about. Uh, other than obviously Joel Hofer's debut, and you know, kind of a slow start for them. I I, I know uh, we're in this instant gratification world, and we haven't even played ten games. But you know, I know some people were. Boy, Buchnevich isn't doing much. Sod's not doing much. Well, the and you throw in James Neal, who's kind of uh, picked up in the bargain basement rack. And those guys had a total of uh, three goals all season until last night, and they come up with four. So, yeah, it was good to see all the way around. Sod had two shots on goal last night, and they both went in. So uh, that's, a, that's a, a shooting percentage that is good. I mean, this, this is what the Blues expected. I mean, he, you know, he's going to be a – you know, if you get 25 goals out of him, that's what you're looking at as a good production out of Brandon Saad. He's certainly on that way if he um, if he stays in the lineup. Another positive, you touched on it briefly, uh, the uh, winning debut for Joel Holfer, and it was not easy. 
Blues stacked up penalty after penalty, four on three, five on three, five on four, extended. Uh, they were shorthanded for much of the first 11 minutes of that game. Uh, Hofer under fire, but uh, the kid with the confidence, JT, uh, survived that. And you talk about earning your first win. He earned it. Yeah, he, he sure did. I, I think like eight minutes into the game, uh, uh, San Jose had uh, 10 shots on goal. So if my math is right, what, what, would, that, what would that have been? He'd, he'd have faced like, uh, I don't know, 55 or 60 shots on goal at that uh, at that pace. Yeah, five minutes, almost five full minutes of continuous power play for San Jose. And as you uh, detailed for us there, Gordo, uh, just about every imaginable combination, including, you know, the first five on three, we've seen the Blues uh, face this year and, and, and a minute of that. And, uh, you know, uh, the, the guy's got some, something about him. Hofer's got something about him. You can tell there's a, there's a confidence uh, there. But Ruby said, uh, you know, he, even last year in the taxi squad, he earned the trust of the team and got a little swagger to him. And, and you can tell. So uh, I think for a lot of goalies, uh, a stretch like that might have overwhelmed them. And I was kidding him last night. My gosh, Brent Burns and, and uh, Logan Couture, those, those, are, those are the first two guys that score against you. You must have been thinking, I can't play in this league. This league is impossible. You know, those, those two have, uh, geez, uh, I think almost 500 uh, uh, career goals uh, between them. But uh, he, he weathered the storm and, 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 and did what they needed. And uh, they give Bennington a little rest and get two points in the bank. It's, it's, hard, to, it's hard to have a better night than that. Uh, if you're playing a rookie goaltender. Yeah, there's going to be a competition shaping up here uh, for that backup goalie spot between Hofer and Huso. Not this year, because it'll be Huso's this year. Uh, but going forward, Huso's a free agent after this year. Do they re-sign him? How does that work? If Hofer is, you know, showing that he can win games, they'll make a case for, you know, him as the Blues go forward here. So he's you know, not going to be around long. As soon as Huso is back, he'll be back in Springfield. But, um, yeah, the Blues, you know, now, you know, they were always hesitant on when do you get new guys in for their first game. They had to kind of throw Hofer in, and he handled it. So that, uh, you know, puts him in good position going forward to get more games if needed. Yeah, JT, he, uh, you know, this guy checks boxes. Uh, Hofer is a big guy, which is the preferred. You don't want to be as big as Robin Leonard, per se, because that's just stupid. Um, they just don't need to have a gigantic uh, blob out there in goal. But um, Holfer's a big, a big guy. He seems athletic, uh, great, good puck handler, uh, and he's got the confidence level. He's won a World Juniors. He's hung around with the team on the taxi squad. He's put up a few numbers in the AHL through very limited action. But really, I mean, go down the list for a guy that they got in the middle of a draft. Uh, they've got to be very excited about what they have with Holfer. Yeah, yeah. I, You know, you can't underestimate how big of a stage uh playing for team canada at any level is and, and the world juniors that's a you know for for guys that are that are in their late teens that's that's a very big stage and and he wasn't the starter entering that tournament the starter struggled in the first game hofer came in and he just took it took it from there i mean he, he was a star uh there it was a tournament just coincidentally i mean clem costin was playing for uh russia in that uh in, in that, uh, uh, oh no, I'm, I'm sorry, Nikita Alexandrov was playing in that tournament for, for Russia. But anyway, uh, that really kind of propelled him, you know, kind of, kind of on the stage as, as, a, as a hot uh, prospect. And you're right, Jeff, he's, he's a lot uh, uh, 
taller than uh, than say uh, Bennington. I mean, I think he's six four, six five. He's still pretty thin, but I, I would think he'll fill out again, not to uh, panda proportions, but uh, yeah, a different kind of goalie than Bennington. Yeah, uh, Hofer always stood out for the really, really thin legs. Um, but uh, I haven't had a chance to really see his legs this year, but a uh, few of those have, have grown. I mean, and always, <laughs> we know that, you know, goalies always, young goalies, anything can happen. And it's, uh, you know, goalies in general are a crapshoot. You know, Hofer's also got to feel pressure from behind because Colton Ellis is going to be pushing him too. So Hofer is kind of in the middle here, uh, coming it from both ends, trying to catch Huso, trying to hold off Ellis. The Blues potentially have some some depth in goalie, and when you look at the fact that Bennington signed for another six years, um, these guys aren't all going to be around uh, probably within the next year or two. So uh, there's a lot going on in that position. Yeah, and so let's talk about uh, Bennington. Really exciting since we last spoke. Really exciting game against the Blackhawks. Much more exciting than the final score might suggest, but uh, a well-earned uh, shutout uh, for Bennington. And then, uh, you know, in a weird game in LA, he, uh, you know, he earned that point, got lit up in the, the shootout badly, but that happens survived overtime with the blues, never had the puck, uh, had really made a lot of spectacular saves. So right now, you know, as far as the lead guy goes, JT, you, you know, they've got to be pretty happy with where Jordan Bennington is. Yeah, no, no doubt, Jeff. I mean, he, he, he's off really to his best start, uh, since the uh, burst on the scene in, uh, the 1819 uh, uh, season, and he, he hasn't he, he hasn't really given up many uh, soft goals. Yeah, he was just uh, outrageous in that in that OT period. I I think the Blues approach was you know the penalty kill is probably what we're doing best this year. Let's just let's just play the whole period like we're on the PK, and maybe we'll get a shorthanded goal. We, we've been getting a few of those uh, lately. But yeah, the uh, the shootout it seemed like the uh, the uh, uh, Kings uh, uh, discovered, you know, if we go, if we stay away from his glove and go stick side, maybe we have a chance to score. One thing, one thing I've noticed about him is I think he's moving and, and I had someone with much more knowledge of uh, goalies tell me uh, maybe even a couple of years ago that, that a lot of teams tried to get Bennington back door because they didn't think he moved as well laterally, not, not as well as even uh, Jake Allen at the time, but, I think, I think Allen, I mean, uh, Bennington is doing that now. He's moving better laterally. I don't know if that's something he's worked on because he's the, the couple of these great glove saves that, he, that he's made have been back doors where you thought, wow, that, uh, you know, there, there, there's an empty net and a goal and, and he gets over there. So yeah, it's been, uh, it's been good to see. Uh, you just, you just never know when, uh, you know, Bennington's going to do one of those strange, uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, Bennington things like, uh, you know, jump into a fight or whatever. He's usually good for what, two or three of those a year, but uh, you have to be very encouraging by, by his play. And as, uh, as Tom said, uh, organizationally, they don't have maybe great depth at a lot of positions, but they're, they're pretty well stacked uh, at uh, goaltender. I mean, Colton Ellis actually played better than uh, Hofer at the uh, prospects tournament. And now Ellis is going to get at least a, a, a couple, three games with uh, with Springfield while Hofer's uh, uh, up with the big club. You know, Bennington's doing what has always been one of his strengths when he was at his best was he's he's making the saves when he has to, uh, you know, keep it, you know, in overtime, he had to make those saves and he did. 
Uh, you know, he's making a lot of first period saves, giving up goals after it's decided. His saves above expected uh, is one of the best in the league in the early going. He, the, the Blues are below, you know, or uh, in negative numbers on that. So they are allowing less goals than you would expect from the shots opponents are getting. And uh, Bennington has been a big part of that. Well, another one of our favorite topics here on the net front, Ivan Barbashev. Now, the chief uh, shuffled things around with his lines and, and give, gave Ivan uh, a look in the middle to open the game in San Jose. But wherever he plays, uh, boy, he has stepped up this year in all phases. And, uh, boy, they need that with the injury hit, uh, especially with O'Reilly being out for this time and, and just the way, you know, with Saad having missed time and you just go down the list. Uh Stepped up and uh, man did a lot of a lot of things well, JT in that San Jose game. Yeah, he he does, and you know although uh, his scoring streak has ended, he had points uh, in six straight games uh, to uh, to open the season. But uh, uh, you know his offense is is picked up as well. Uh, uh, Baruby always talks to him about uh, uh, I don't know about always, but he's talked to him more than once about you've got to go to the net. You've got to get to the net. And it seems like he's doing that more, but yeah, a handy all around player. And I think uh, on a, on a line when he was playing with Thomas and Tarasenko, it's nice to have a, a guy that, you know, is going to be a, a bedrock uh, defensively, because as we know, Vladdy sometimes floats out there, although he seems very uh, in, engaged. And Thomas, I think is getting much, much better uh, as a, as a, as a two way player. Uh, Jeff, he, he Thomas has been another player that's been fun to watch, and you can see the trust that Baruby has is building up in him because his minutes are are are, are really growing. Yeah, Barbie getting power play time last night. He's been getting that on an occasional basis uh, this season, but almost two minutes of power play time last night uh, because the Blues are running out of guys to put on the power play when once uh, when Shen was out. Shen and O'Reilly all of a sudden. There's a big part of your first power play unit, but um, Barbashev remains. Yeah. just a versatile guy that you could, they can put anywhere. And uh, you know, and he's been good, you know, good and not, but not great, but certainly good in whatever spot they've had to put. Yeah. And going on to Robert Thomas, JT, I mean, he hadn't been shooting much. Uh, I thought he's been playing pretty well this year. Hadn't been shooting much. Definitely looked to shoot in San Jose. Got rewarded with the empty netter. Thought he had a couple of others that should have gone, but, uh, you know, just like you say, when he, he's putting up the monster minutes with the other guys missing, which he handled well, um, you know, he's taking draws. He's out there defensively, uh, holding up only thing JT, he's never going to lose that habit. Is he of having that mouth guard half out when he's making a play? <laughs> I mean, he just, is, is he the only guy in the league? Is he the only guy? And Tom can answer this too. Is there anybody else that does that? Uh, you know, and people notice, people that watch the Blues notice, because I've been, been been asked about it. Maybe we need to ask him about it. Why don't you use the mouth guard as a, as a mouth guard? I guess that's his trademark. Uh, you know, to your point, Jeff, he, he is shooting more. Again, he's, he's never going to be, uh, uh, you know, Jordan Cairo. You just give it to me, I'll shoot it. Or even, even Tory Krug is is like that to a degree, but he's looking for a shot more. He's had some really good chances. Again, when I say more, maybe, you know, two, three, four shots a game. He, he, he would go, he would go game periods last year where, you know, maybe in a 
eight game stretch, there'd be two, three, sometimes four games where he wouldn't even have a shot on goal. So he's, he's looking a little bit. You could tell when he scored that empty net goal, he just kind of raised up and looked to the heavens because he he's, he, he's probably had shots where he thought he should have three, four goals. And, and you're, uh, Jeff, you're right in, in the third period, he had a couple of just prime chances. And uh, so maybe empty net or not, I think it maybe relieved a little bit of frustration for Thomas. Yeah. Was, was it, I forget who, who was who said last night, yeah, he could have had a hat trick in the, in the third period uh, last night with just the chances he had. And I think Vince Dunn sometimes would do that with his uh, mouth guard too. Or we're talking to, Robert a couple of years ago about about teeth. He had braces as a kid and, and he got his finally got his braces taken off. And like the very next day he got hit in the face and lost teeth. And he said his mother was not happy uh, about that. So uh, uh, a lesson for all of us there. But uh, sometimes even sometimes you can wear all the mouth guards you want. If you get a hit, take something, a stick or a puck in the mouth, it's not going to help. But he just he chews on it when he's making yeah. a play. He's holding yeah. the puck. He's looking around to make a play and he's chewing on it. Uh, that's your signal that he's looking to make a play. <laughs> that's a tell. Is that for, for opposing defenses when they see the, the, yeah. the mouth guard go sideways in his mouth? Yeah, I think it well. shows incredible dexterity there that he can do that. And it, he can does it unconsciously <laughs> just move that thing around in his, in his mouth. It's kind of impressive. Good thing. Good thing. He's not a poker player then. If, if that was his tell, <laughs> yeah. he probably, yeah. probably wouldn't win any, any money. Yeah. He, he, he needs to put that thing in. Otherwise, he might get scandalized as, uh, as James Neal, who basically yeah. looked like a pumpkin talking to us last night uh, oh. on the uh, post-game uh, Zoom. Uh, got, got to stick to the teeth from, uh, from Marco Scandella. I was going to say, so the Scandella owe you now, uh, you know, maybe a nice thick steak, but seeing all those <laughs> missing teeth, pro- probably not a good idea right, right at yeah. this moment. Yeah, I don't know if they gave him, if he just didn't, didn't put his bridge in when he was talking last night, but he just got, he's got, nothing there right now his front teeth all missing so uh yeah dining with james neal right now must be uh quite the uh quite the adventure well at least jt you can say that his uh decision to return for minimal money uh he has found a place um despite the uh, the loss of teeth which does harken back to poor keith kachuk taking one in the face at the tail end of his career having gotten all the way all the way through his career to the very end and just absolutely got blasted uh, but Neil, uh, you know, once again, we're, we're seeing his value doesn't always play, doesn't always play a lot of minutes, but can move up in the lineup, can help you on the power play. And as he demonstrated, you know, there's a, there's a goal for him. You know, you, you get a deflection and then you get a rebound conversion. Uh, this guy's going to be handy. And he adds a little size and irritability, which, uh, you know, he was engaged <laughs> on his shifts with the Sharks. Yeah, uh, last dad teeth were, were at Centene the day it happened, and there's like four or five members of the ice crew, like just searching around for stuff. And we're thinking, what the hell are they looking for? Well, they were looking for James Neal's teeth, which I would think they would blend in with the ice. So that, that has to be, uh, you know, hard to find teeth uh, on the ice. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think ideally James Neal maybe is a second power play guy for the, for the Blues and a fourth liner. And a, a, a pretty darn good fourth liner, but he gets to the net. He still has that, you know, that, that, that scoring touch. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, the Ruby has not been ha- or had not been happy with, uh, uh, with the, the net front presence, you know, what, what a name for a po- podcast. We, we refer to the net front many times, but, uh, uh, 
Yeah, and Neil will do that. And, uh, you know, he finessed a goal uh, uh, last night by by being in front of the net. And, and if you're there enough, uh, sooner or later, good things are going to happen. So, yeah, what, what a uh, what a handy pickup for uh, for Doug Armstrong and, and uh, Craig Berube. Yeah, and they're they're paying him next to nothing. And, uh, you know, he's making but the league minimum, at least from the Blues. He's getting money from other teams. Um, you know, he – He's been invaluable. And he, he makes a salary cap work. How many guys are fourth line guys who get who have gotten first unit power play time? I mean, that's a that's an oddball combination. Um, but yeah, you know who know. You know, I was I was about to say when everybody's healthy, who knows how he fits in? But they're not all going to be healthy, so uh, we probably don't have to worry about that. But uh, it's, he's 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 been a, he's been a very good piece for this team, and I didn't think he was going to make it. I didn't think they were going to sign him. And then once they traded Sanford, then um, that created the spot for him to. To help this team, yeah, great, very cap friendly to uh, to cite our uh, one of our favorite websites. But you know, he had a no look pass off to Rush. He had a little cross crease play. Uh, you know, had a little uh, a little cross checking exchange and a near fight on the on the sideboards. I mean, he just you know he could play eleven minutes and make an impact. And and also JT, uh, the chief doesn't mind having another veteran. He's mentioned this uh, with. Uh, a guy that's a veteran who's been through the wars, uh, who seems to add a nice uh, piece to the uh, to, to the uh, dressing room. Yeah, and uh, I love your term, Gordo, uh, irritab- irritability. He, he he has that, and Chief likes those guys uh, uh, too. So uh, yeah, all, all all good with the Neil. Not not as we all know, not not the world's greatest skater, but uh, uh, you know he he's got enough savvy that in in many to most circumstances he can overcome that. Yeah, I think when you look at what the options are going to be on that fourth line going forward, um, I think he he fits in very well because he he does he has brought some physicality. He has gone to the net, and they can move him up into the in the lineup, which is maybe not an option if you have a a Costin or a Clifford uh, down in that spot. And speaking of moving up, we'd be remiss. He did have a bad penalty uh, in L.A., and I thought for a while there the line with uh, Saad and. Uh, was it Wichnevich and, and Bozak was looking pretty good, but had a bad penalty, got bumped back down to the fourth line, but then he had to move up again because Shen gets hurt. So every time you think, well, he's just going to settle back in the fourth line, somebody gets hurt, somebody gets uh, sick, whatever. Um, just, man, again, cap-friendly guy. Uh, he's going to get his bonus money, so it doesn't. the contract's not so bad. But, uh, man, uh, handy, handy guy, Tyler Bozak. Yeah, and – He's so much fun to watch on the, on the penalty kill. And we start out this season and you just don't notice him that much. And I'm thinking, okay, he's, he's 35, maybe, you know, maybe this is, is finally it, but his, his uh, PK work is uh, really pretty amazing. How, how consistent, how, how determined and pesky he is. And then, uh, uh, you know, he gets that takeaway in the neutral zone last night down the ice, uh, just a perfect pass to, to sod. I mean, uh, you know, it, it, Bozak is, is a very, uh, 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 a very handy guy to have. I mean, there's, there's, there's no doubt about it. I was looking at some numbers. I mean, when he was in Toronto, he was not this good a defensive uh, forward. This is really something that's happened uh, over the past three years since he's been in St. Louis, where he has become a, above average defensive player, a number wise. And yeah, his next game is number 10. So if he, you know, 
Sunday is worth $750,000 to Tyler Bozak in, uh, in bonus money. So this is, uh, um, as long as he can make it to the starting lineup on Sunday and he didn't appear to get hurt last night, he's about to collect uh, the first and biggest of uh, the bonuses in his contract. He needs to buy the steak for James Neal and for, for everybody. Yeah, and you know, and you're going to need that 750 in Orange County to go out and, and get something to eat. So uh, he'll. Uh, that's uh, that's what a plus. And another guy we like to talk about here, and you know, he had a couple of unfortunate incidents uh, at the uh, opposing blue line where he tried to make a play instead of following the uh, the guidance of uh, the coaching staff to get the puck deep always, ever, every time, no exceptions. But Clem Costin, he can play hockey. Now, I don't know how much he's going to play if this team ever gets healthier, but uh, kid can play. He's got a little bit more, um, a little more uh, wiggle to his offensive game than I thought he had. And uh, you know, he skates pretty good for a big kid. He's got to stay away from the penalties. But, you know, the more I'm watching this guy, I'm thinking, you know, he's going to, he's going to play in the NHL. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, what I like about him too is, and again, they're not always the best chances, but he's not afraid to, take the puck to the net and, and, and shoot. I, I would myself, I would rather have a guy where maybe there's not a whole lot happening. Just take it to the net, just put it on net. And, and he does that. And uh, he, he's, he's one of the top uh, uh, guys on the team in terms of hits. He's got that physical presence and uh, yeah, he's got to cut down on the, on the, on the dumb penalties. That's for sure. When, when he got that penalty last night, the, the blues had gone four for four on Russians in the, uh, in, 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 in the penalty box. But, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I think, uh, there's something there, uh, with, 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 with Costin and, and, uh, uh, I, again, he, I think he's figuring out that, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm not Connor McDavid or even Vladdy Tarasenko. I have to be a, I have to be a power forward to succeed, uh, in this league. And, and, uh, it took a while for that to sink in, but I, I think he realized, I think one of the best things about Baruby is he tells these players, Hey, to, to stick in this league and to be a success in the league, how do you vision your game? And I think it took a while to get Costin to that point. Just an, another quick thing. Piranha's joke that uh, Costin is, he's so serious and he wants it so bad that he's constantly apologizing on the ice when he, when he makes a mistake or he has a breakaway and shoots wide and Perron just tell you, just settle down. It, it, it's okay. Everything's going to be okay. So Costin wants it. And, and that's important. Yeah. I think I was talking about this in the chat on Wednesday. I think we're at the point where I think Costin has, has kind of secured his spot on the roster uh, that he's, he's one of the 23 on this team. I don't know that he's secured his spot on the lineup, on a, on a daily basis, but it's certainly a spot on the roster and they're going to have, and again, if they ever got to full health and they had to make some decisions because the Jake neighbors decision is coming up soon. And I think you, I, there's a, you know, Costin doesn't have to go through waivers if they ever needed to send him down, but I think there's a case for him to be there. Now, I, obviously you look at his minutes, the coaching staff, not completely sold on it. Here's a guy that's playing nine minutes a night. Um, so I, you know, you see the potential, but, they're still not fully sold that here's a guy that can start getting even 12 minutes a night. He would get 12 minutes a night. If you, every time, every time the puck must be go, it has to go deep. Every time you're on the ice, you get the puck. It goes deep. Whether you, it's a shot, you just get it behind the net, just get it. Don't, don't lose the puck entering the, the offensive. Don't ever, don't ever lose the puck. You'll be apologizing. You can apologize all you want. Flynn. <laughs> 
doesn't help. He can't lose the puck crossing, but which he does, unfortunately. So, uh, but I do think there's, there is something there, something to build on for sure. And you don't mind having size with Neil and, and Costin in those roles, moving in and out of the lineup, maybe up and down the lineup uh, later for Clem if he improves. Um, we got to mention on the blue line, uh, JT, while you're covering the game, man, Tory Krug was getting nas- national love. TNT all over Tory Krug really? in that game. And he played yeah. great, but man, was he getting love. You know, and I guess in that game for sure deserved it. And overall, Tory Krug's been what they were hoping for. Yeah, maybe it's the Justin Falk effect. Your second year with the Blues, you settle in and you play much more uh, consistently. Uh, he, you know, he, he's he, he's kind of picked up where he left off on the power play. He was he was he was really getting in a groove on the power play late in the season. Then he, he got hurt a little bit. But I I I, I try to pay particular attention to him uh, uh, defensively, and uh, he seems much more solid there. Uh, for a smaller guy, he's got some good strength, and and he I think he's trying to use leverage and positioning uh, to to avoid just you know being thrown around by these other guys. So that to me has been as encouraging as anything uh, with uh, with Tory Krug. Yeah, and and while his defense, you know, not always not not the best, obviously of the Blues, I think his offense has been good enough to overwhelm whatever defensive shortcomings uh, he's had, but he, he's really been, uh, he's, he's so incredibly noticeable and maybe that's part because he's getting, you know, 22 minutes on some of these games, but um, I mean, you, you really can see uh, Tory Krug out there. He has never lost on the ice. Hey, last topic on the net front for this edition, the big Jack Eichel trade, a lot of speculation that uh, Doug Armstrong tried to stay in the mix for, for Jack, at the end of the day, when you look at where Buffalo has decided to go, which is complete rebuild, they get Alex Tuck, who's a Western New York guy. He's uh, he's still, in, if he ever stays on the ice, there's more potential there for him to be a kind of guy you can build around on a top six role. Of course, they get a young prospect at center. They get the number one pick. They upgrade a three to a two. Um, I don't know that the Blues could have matched that sort of deal because it, it was clear that they weren't going to keep any of Eichel's money and they didn't want to take back much money. Um, they weren't interested in getting people that they were going to have to flip. It seemed like with the, the deal that Buffalo took, I didn't I didn't really see if there was a fit there for the Blues to make something happen with uh, with Eichel. Yeah, and I'm I, I'm still uh, you, you know not that I'm a medical expert, but I just. You know what? What's it? An artificial disc? He's going to get in his back. That that concerns me. I just wonder long term how that's going to that, how that's going to work out. I, I do love the fact that uh, uh, Doug Armstrong always seems he always seems to be checking out everything. I mean, you, you never know. But yeah, I, I don't see where where it's a fit either. Plus, you know, adding that salary, unless you were going to just you know include Tarasenko in, in that trade and the way Tarasenko has been playing, why, why would you want to move him right now? You know, um, yeah, the, I, it was going to be a tough fit for the blues, you know, but you wonder, is the timing going to work out? Is this going to be like a Tampa Bay situation where Eichel is not good to go until the playoffs begin when Vegas doesn't have to worry about a salary cap and they stretch it out. Cause he's going to be back in, you know, in, in the best case in, in February or March, you know, all he has to do is take another month to get ready and then Vegas doesn't have to do anything. 
Um, so nothing, one other fallback or a domino effect all this, the Islanders in trading Boychuk to Buffalo so they can make the floor. The Islanders are going to have cap space uh, come trade deadline time as the season goes on. And as the Blues have a Tarasenko situation that the Islanders, I, I think, have to, would, would now look like a place maybe that could have the space to take him on in the future. Not right now, obviously. Ah, so Tom adding more intrigue to it. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I wonder, you know, the, the thing with the Knights, can they get in the playoffs without using Eichel? Because they're with no Mark Stone, no Max Pacioretty. Uh, they're, they're pretty beat up. Of course, Wild Bill Carlson's also out for six weeks with a broken foot. You know, mm-hmm. they may need him. And Eichel may want to try to, on the best case scenario, I don't think the Olympics are a possibility unless everything went right for him. But he that was once upon a time his dream to play in the Olympics. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if he has time, but certainly interesting to watch for Vegas. If they could ever have that whole team together, if they don't have to lose Stone, they don't have to lose Pacioretty, you don't have to lose Carlson, you don't have to lose Riley Smith, your top six. If you mm-hmm. go in the playoffs with that top six and with Alex Petrangelo and, and, and the blob and goal, I uh, – <laughs> Yeah, there's something to think about as far as the playoffs go. And if you're yeah. your Golden Knights fan, you're you're all in on this one. You're you're happy with this. Oh yeah, yeah. You know their their ownership gets after it, and and if you're a fan, you gotta love that. You know, in the regular season though, if Eichel were back and all those guys were back, you say it'd be a great top six. But could they even dress six other forwards uh, with the <laughs> amount of money? They might only be able to to put you know you know. 15 guys out there maybe because they just aren't going to have the room for it on the cap. This is, you know, if he's back in the regular season, something's, you know, it's something's got to change over there. Yeah. They'll have to lose a couple of guys, which, but as, uh, as McCrimmon said, well, you know, who knows, maybe somebody will be hurt. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's somehow, and their cap guy is going to, he's just saying, please God, don't make this, don't make me make this work in March. But, uh, we'll find out how it plays out. Well, JT, Tom, we appreciate your time again. This has been NetFront Presence, a reminder that you can catch all of our podcasts on stltoday.com slash stltoday.com slash podcast. You can probably find us embedded in the stories over the weekend. Also, your favorite podcast app. Until next time, for Jim Thomas, for Tom Temmerman, I'm Jeff Gordon. See ya. See ya.